And so nobody dared move. You think the church wasn't in a pitiful shape? Taking people's temperature before they'll let them in the door. Instead of saying, bring that fevered, sweaty brow to me and let me put my hands on it. and lay, Because the power of God is, in, is here. Seemed like I remember years ago, Perry Stone said something in a service. Said he went to a big meeting, a big council or something. I don't know what it was. And somebody stood up behind the podium and kept saying, uh, don't, don't, don't look at me at my hands. I'll put them on you. There's nothing in my hands. And I think it was Perry said, well, don't put them on my head then. Because the world's looking for something with power. You know now how demons operate. I told you a while ago, the realm they operate in. And people get out Ouija board, Ouija board. Here's a Ouija board, a triangle of with a circle of glass in the middle of it over a bunch of letters. And they put their hands on ask questions and it starts moving, spelling out letters. And what you don't see is a little demon is in there going, <laughs> pushing it around. I could come in there and push it around. You're not impressed. There were some teenagers playing with one one time, and the pastor walked in the door, and he said, what are you doing? Oh, wait, look at this. Oh, they press a bunch of teenagers. Ooh. Started moving this. This thing's moving around. The pastor said, ask it who Jesus is. They said, who is Jesus? And it flew off the board and shattered against the wall. It's because he's God in the flesh. Hallelujah. Oh, Brother Robin, you shouldn't get so loud and so excited. Well, I sure ain't excited over taking people's temperature at the door. I'm embarrassed about that. I'm embarrassed about that. I've laid my hands on that mess. I watched Robin lay her hands on Mercer so bad it should have infected her whole body, never touch her. Say, how do you do that? Because John Lake would lay his hands on the bubonic plague. And I'm going to tell you something, the coronavirus ain't even in the same address with the bubonic plague. And they ask him, how do you stay well? He said, Romans 8, 2. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and death. He told them, put that stuff under that bloody froth that came out of their mouth when they died of the black death. He said, put that under a microscope and look at the germs in that thing. It just working alive. He said, now drop it in my hand. They said, Brother Lake, don't. Don't do that. Don't. Don't. He said, put it in my hand. They dropped it in his hand. He said, now take it from my hand and look at it again. They said, every germ is dead. That's the kind of church. That's the kind of power that's inside you right now. But if the enemy can keep you hid from such a thing, he'd make you a slave. A slave to what? Religion. You have a form of godliness. You don't have any power. And the devil knows you don't have any power. So the church had to be locked away. Had to be. They couldn't do battle with this thing. 
And all it is is a is is a souped up flu. But it came the church couldn't do battle with it. Couldn't do battle with it. They got scared. And the governments, the government, listen to me. Government. There is no way. There is no right. There's no law ever that can tell a church you can't open. No law. Nowhere does it exist. They know it. They just don't, they just don't want you to know it. There's nothing in the Constitution that says, except for coronavirus, it says you cannot infringe on that. So they never said you had to. They suggested it and just dropped every church in the thing with non-essentials. Non-essential. So... We were, we were in the last part of the time of Moses. So then the Lord said, we're headed for a Red Sea. So Donald Trump goes to, to uh, Washington on January the 6th. And he holds a rally. So the Lord impressed on me to go. So I went. I went, took two other prophets with me. We went up there. I know one's a prophet. And, and we went up there. So I, I come up out of the subway in Washington. And when I came up out of the subway, I just turned around like this. And I said, turn the phone on and start filming. If you ever see that boots on the ground, all that footage was ours. We didn't get that from any news channel. And so I'm just standing there and I start walking backwards and talking to the camera. People start recognizing us and come running up talking about what's, what's going to happen. What's going to happen. What's happening up here. Well, there's a sea of red everywhere. Now you didn't hear me. There's a sea of red everywhere. So Donald Trump was speaking at the park and I was up by the uh, Washington monument. And the sky, if you could have seen it, it was full of warfare. Oh, oh listen, it, you, you just, if you were there, you know, it was heavy in the sky and it was getting cold, colder, extremely cold. And I walked over there trying to see the president and I was, you know, we was all trying to look, just look. And up in the trees were people in trees trying to see him. They called them Trump fruit. They did. They called them Trump fruit. And so we were standing there, and it, back behind you was a sea of people. You couldn't move hardly. It was, I mean, hundreds of thousands of people. And, I, and while he's speaking, see, I don't like to leave when action's happening. Have you ever left church and somebody come to you the next day and say, you ought to see what happened when you left? Man. Have you ever done that? You say, what? What? Oh, man, this all broke out as soon as you left. So I don't like to leave. I like to be there. I won't be where the action is. <laughs> so, so, 
And I'm looking, and, and the Lord said, leave now and go down to the capital. Well, you people been to D.C., you know, it's a pretty long walk from there. And it's cold, getting colder. And I said, I don't, I don't know if I want to go or not. I wanted to wait till he finished that speech. The Lord said, go. So I just started walking down toward the monument, me and the other two guys, and people would come up to us and talk to us on, along the way, just here and there, you know, somebody would. That's believers. We're all over that place. You know, they were believers. That's why, you know. And uh, so we walked up, and all of a sudden this, this lady came up, and she asked, uh, uh, is your name Robin Bullock? I said, yes. She said, she was talking to me, and her family was there. He's a pastor in Kentucky. Well, he comes up to me, me and him's talking, and he's got this staff in his hand. And I said, I, I said, yeah, I wanted to bring my staff. I said, but you know, you couldn't take it. I said, I just couldn't bring it. I said, I wanted to bring it. He said, I bought this staff, I thought, for me. He said, but I believe it's yours. Now, he handed me the staff. This is the Red Sea time. Now, I didn't plan any of this. And I said, I'm going down here to the Capitol, and I'm going to stretch this staff toward that Capitol. I said, you want to go with me? He said, yes, I'd be honored to. I said, well, let's go. And we started down to the Capitol. I'm walking with that staff. We get to the reflecting pool. Well, you look across the reflecting pool, you know, it reflects the capital. So you're looking at the across it and watch this. Before I knew it, I'm standing over water. With the staff. And I stretch it out. <laughs> you can't make you can't make this up. And I stretch it out over the water toward the capital. People are starting to gather. And ain't nobody laughing either. Ain't nobody laughing. And then they're gathering and, and I'm just, I don't care. I, I don't keep your video going. I stretched it out over the water. And I said, as I hold this staff over the water, I command this Red Sea to divide. The Red Sea was all those red caps, everything. I said, I command this Red Sea to divide and all the corruption to be exposed. It was 1.11 when I got to the reflecting pool. Trump stopped talking at 1.11. When I raised up the staff and held it out over the pool, it was 1.12. At 1.12, they walked a absolute proof into the halls of Congress at that very moment and laid it down on their desk where they had arrested the guy in Italy for all the fraud. They had already caught him. They had all the proof. And when they showed it in Congress, that whole Congress divided. It divided. And when it divided, the whole thing came apart, and that place went ballistic. I mean, people were running here, running there. It just exploded. And I'm standing on the lawn looking right at the Capitol. And it's all around us going crazy. And it was a big show, a lot of it. It was just a show. 
Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, there was three, there was a sniper on top of the, the Capitol ledge up there, dressed in all black, had his rifle and his scope. Guy beside him looked like he had a telescope, was his spotter. Some other guy, I don't know what he was doing, maybe communications of some kind. And he's got that rifle looking over the whole crowd. And he's looking at everybody through that scope. And then all of a sudden I'm standing there and this guy comes by me. He's wearing full camo, full camo, a boonie hat, a backpack that you can't see through boots. And he's running up there toward the Capitol going, hoo, 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 hoo. and that sniper never shot him. Let me tell you something. You see a military looking guy coming up with a backpack running up the Capitol steps and there's a sniper looking at him. You're military. What do you think would happen? He wouldn't even get to the steps, but they all got there. So anyway, this whole thing divided that day. Congress divided, everything divided. Six hours later, I think it was, an earthquake hit the Red Sea in Egypt. On the same day. Then the Lord, and this is where we're getting to now. I don't know, Lord. I don't know about what you want me to do about that. So, the Lord began to talk to me about things and this Red Sea thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you this. Then it wasn't long. I was invited to go, Robin and I, to Mar-a-Lago. That was something. Because the president lives there. And I was standing there looking at his house. I'm talking about from here to that wall, maybe. And his chocolatier and all them, they come out and recognize us. Said we, the 11th hour plays all the time. Because they know. But they invited me to pray and Robin to sing. So I prayed and the Republican head of the party was sitting over there. They were sitting there. These were over here. And so I prayed and I prayed the covenant that God made with our forefathers. And I thanked God. This is what I said over the whole thing. I said, I want to thank you, Lord, that there's only one God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I want to thank you that he's the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the King of glory. And I said, we want to thank you for that. Now, I'm standing there in front of all these congressmen, and I'm declaring this, and I said, I want to thank you that we only have one president in this country. It's Donald J. Trump. And I, I kept praying, kept praying. And when I walked left, then a congressman patted me on the back. He said, man, that was a good prayer. Well, I didn't know he was a congressman. Then Abraham Lincoln came up and spoke. It's a guy, you know, dressed in top hat and he's, this is what he does. And he's, and, and he was there on purpose. They brought him there on purpose. And he's, he, you know, he's a drama person and he's reading and speaking about the way Lincoln would have given an address. He came after he spoke. He spoke eloquent, just beautiful. And when he came back and sat down, he was sitting with us at the table. He said, I have a script. 
He said, but after you prayed, he said, I went somewhere else with my speech. And the Lord had told me that morning, he said, I'm going to use your prayer and start with that. And so everything changed that day. And all I can tell you right now is it's changed. The reason the Red Sea hasn't come back together yet is because the people are just now coming out of it on the other side. They're not out yet. Be patient. Hallelujah. Yeah. Now, so the Lord started talking about things like this, and this, this is where we are. This, I went around the barn, didn't I, to get you here. But this is, this is where we are. I want you to look at Ecclesiastes. Uh, go, go over there right after, uh, you know, Psalms and, <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 you know, you know. Yeah, you know, how many of you when you was kids, you probably thought that said Psalms and you thought Job was Job and you, you didn't know, you didn't know. But if, if it's Psalms, if it's just Psalms and the peace silent, how come it's not Robberbs? Shouldn't it be Robberbs, Psalms and Robberbs? <laughs> come on, y'all. It's just, I'm just, just, we're just lightening the mood right here. Now, I want you to see this in, in Ecclesiastes 10, 20, as we, we try to find our landing spot now. It says here, curse not the king, know not in thy thought. This is Ecclesiastes 10, 20. Know not in thy thought, and curse not the rich in thy bedchamber. For a bird of the air shall carry the voice, and he that hath wings shall tell the matter. Now, people say, well, uh, what, what is that? Well, you can see this in the life of Elisha. I think it's in, what is it, 2 Kings uh, 6, or 2 Kings, yeah. Look at 2 Kings 6, I believe it is. Maybe we'll look at that. And because it, you'll be glad you heard this. So you see this in the life of Elijah, Elisha in verse 8. It said, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and uh, took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to that place which the man of God told him and warned him and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled uh, for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of the servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet that is in Israel telleth the king of Israel the word that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. He's talking about angelic beings. And he says you don't curse a king in your thought or in your, in your bedchamber because a bird of the air will take the voice and he that hath wings will go tell the matter. 
So here you have it on the positive side that these angels were picking up the words of that king, the plans, taking them to Elisha, and Elisha was telling them to the king of Israel, and they were saving the nation. And he couldn't figure out how this was happening. Well, the, it's the same way all the way around. The Lord began to work now, and this is the time we're in. And the Lord has shown me things, and I heard conversations, and I heard things in their bedchambers that they're planning to do. And so I told it. The Lord appointed a time. I came on the air. I told it, and I told there was about the crisis in shipping, and, there, and it led to there was going to be a ship, and Oh, people got mad. They got mad. Oh, listen, they called us. Said, we're coming to your headquarters. We're coming down there. We're coming with questions, and we're going to get answers. Then they made the mistake of telling me what day they were coming. Yeah. They said, we're coming on Mother's Day. Robin said, really? You're going to come to the South on Mother's Day and wreck a Southern Mama's Day? Because that's the day all her heathen kids will come to church with her, and they're not saved. And you know, I don't know how they are down here, but in Alabama, this is the way they are. You come in and mess with my mama, you're going to ruin my mama's day? <laughs> so they get mad about it. They said, doggone him. That's the words they use. They didn't know I had given the word months before. But then on the 23rd, I knew that ship was something was about to happen. How'd you know it, Brother Robin? <laughs> and I said, this ship. Doggone him. He knew that, didn't he? He already knew that. Got mad about it. Then I'm standing and I'm listening to something. And all of a sudden I hear this conversation. Heard it right on the air. And I heard this conversation about John Kerry. And it just, I could hear him talking. And they said, let's put Kerry out there. He's no good for nothing anymore. Now, this is what they said. Put it there. We'll throw him out. And they do this. And the Lord, has anybody seen that prophecy? And they went on, and, and, and the conversation went on. And the Lord said, John Kerry, I let my prophet hear the conversation concerning you. We are in the time when the Lord, and sooner or later, my brother and sister, it's going to dawn on somebody. There's prophets hearing this stuff. And when it does, what happened next was, is they dispatched an armed battalion to go get Elisha. How do you know it was angels telling Elisha? Because... When Gehazi got up that morning, he said, look at all these soldiers. They've come after us. 
said, where is he at in Dothan? Dothan's in Alabama. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, hadn't thought about that till now like that. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I was in Dothan the other day. And oh, oh, and when the Lord sent us to Mar-a-Lago, before he sent us down there, there was a couple flew in from Colorado to the church one morning, and they found this staff in their basement. And guess what? The name on it is Bullock. And the date on it is the date we founded the church the day we started the new church. And I was going to Mar-a-Lago to speak to the right, uh, rightful president to pronounce over him, and the Lord sent me that staff. I carried it with me. Now, that may not mean a lot to you, but, but you know, when I know that they're looking at Dothan, it means a lot to me. <laughs> so anyway, so they're going, it's not but a matter of time, they're going to start looking at prophets. Because it's like that woman said, we're coming to, we're going to come to your headquarters. We're going to charge this place. We're going to do this. We're going to find our answers. Doggone him. I mean, really? Threatening. Newsweek. All these people suddenly threatening. All this stuff coming out. The LGBTQ P or something. I don't know. All of that coming out. They don't like me. You know why the you know why the elemental PBQA uh, HR fifteen. Uh, you know why they don't like me? It's because somebody wrote in on the eleventh hour for a prayer request. This is what went. This is what they put out everywhere. Watch this. It's the real reason to hate a guy, ain't it? It came in and they said somebody needs deliverance from homosexuality. Yeah. I said, you know what? Let me tell you something, what, what, what homosexuality is. I said, it is a, a people that are in homosexuality are actually evangelists. They're called by God to be evangelists. And this is something trying to hold that call down. And I said, so we're going to pray right now and pray this person's delivered. They wanted deliverance. We prayed. That person wrote back and said, what was it they said, Christus, that after 30 years? But heard me say that. For 32 years, they'd been in that lifestyle. They had gotten saved and were backsliding for the past couple of years. And then they said they had been asking God because they knew it was wrong, but they'd been falling back. And they said, I want to know what my purpose is. I want to know what my destiny is. And they tuned into the 11th hour when he said, you're an evangelist. She said, from that day forward, my eyes were open and I'm completely and totally delivered. Well, that made them upset. So this is where we are. And prophets now are starting to hear conversations in secret quarters. 
And Brother Garland, they are. And there's prophets in, around this country. And now I saw uh, one come on the scene from Canada. They're, they're, they're coming up and they're hearing. All of them are hearing. Men and women. It's not going to be long till the enemy is going to figure this out. It's not going to be doggone him anymore. He already knew that. Somebody's going to say no. They're prophets. And you ever wondered why they're not shutting prophets down on the air? Because they're trying, they're hearing what you're saying. They believe it. A lot of them are Baal worshipers. They believe it. There comes a showdown between Elijah and Baal. You know what I'm thinking about. The Lord moved on us to buy a piece of property. We bought this piece of property. I didn't even really know why I was buying it. But we, he said, buy this property. I said, well, it's your money. You know, I mean, I'll do whatever you want me to do. We bought the property. It was, it was a sizable property piece of property and not not a bunch of land i'm talking about it was just what he said get but when it closed and everything was closed paid for i laid down that night on one couch and robin was laying on the other couch in the living room and i said what on god's earth have i done i said robin what have we done the next morning they contacted me and said i just thought you ought to know this said they were coming, somebody was coming from out of the country to buy that piece of property and put an abortion clinic in it. And so thousands and thousands of babies' lives were saved because of that. Well, you know what that was? That's a showdown between prophets and Baal. And we took the hill. No, I didn't say we, I said, we took the hill. All of our partners took the hill. I mean, listen, we can't do anything without our partners. That's the truth. I love our partners. I do, man. I, I get them up in my hand. A while ago, I was preaching and I had them in my hand. I, 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 I pray over you in my hand. I, I hold, you can't, don't believe that, but they're all on this little thing. And I hold them in my hand every day and pray. You're just so dear to me. Robin, tell you, this is the truth now. You know, I, our partners couldn't have done it without you. So we saved thousands of lives, little babies, prophets and, and pastors and evangelists and teachers and governors and mayors and presidents. And no telling who we saved like that. God did that. Now, Anyway, this is where I was going tonight, and I'm going to stop tonight on this. Have you enjoyed it? Have you got a lot out of it? Are we we're good together? So sooner or later, it's going to come to that. No, there's prophets. Sooner or later, that's going to happen. They're going to figure that out. He sent an army to get Elisha. 
in Dothan. When he gets over there, watch what he says. Verse 13, he said, and he said, go and spy where he is that I may send and fetch him. He's from the south, Dothan. He's going to fetch him. <laughs> say, that's where I come from. Go fetch him. That's what we say. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he's in Dothan. Therefore send, uh, therefore send he thither horses, chariots, and great hosts, and they came by night. Now you know how it, how it will happen. They came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early, this was Gehazi, and gone forth, behold, and host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be, uh, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, watch now, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Those same angels that had been telling him those plans. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, smite the people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness, according to the word of Elisha. And then, you know, Elisha went up to him and said, who are you after? Well, we're after this prophet. Well, come on, let me show you where he's at. So the blindness wasn't the kind of blindness you think, probably. They just couldn't see him for who he was. Then all of a sudden, he gets them in the middle of his own camp and says, now, Lord, open their eyes. And that's what they did. So right now, what I want your help to do is this. There's a lot of prophets out there right now. Prophets are precious to the Lord. There's some precious ones out there speaking. I mean, they're fearlessly talking. You know, you, you watch, you watch things, you know, it's the time of the prophets and they're doing battle with Baal and, and they're out there speaking. And, and you know, I want us to join together tonight and do some business. If you don't mind joining your faith with me, I want to speak that when they come after prophets to seize their, their homes, their, their, their goods, whatever they're coming after, I want you to speak, uh, speak the word with me that they'll be blind. They'll not be able to find anything to stop the prophets because sooner or later they're going to try. And there's prophets out there with a big voice that people are listening to. And we need to be able to speak the word. So would you do that with me tonight? How many of you would do that? So let's stand up on our feet all over the house. And you say, I know you may be thinking, well, well, brother, Prophet, you, you got a vested interest in this. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. But there's other prophets out there, too. They have big voices. And all of us together have a huge one. People are noticing. And that's good. And that's 
other people that are noticing. So you ready? Lord, right now we lift up our hands and our voices all across this room. Everybody watching right now that's lifting up their voices and hands with us. Lord God, we are out here as prophets of God speaking the truth. Lord God, on all the different areas of this country, Lord, they're speaking the truth of the word. They're talking about corruption. They're speaking against it. They're telling secrets of people in their bedchambers, Lord, that's trying to destroy this nation, destroy the church, trying to destroy the people of God. And now, Lord God, the prophets are telling it. Lord, we're telling it. We're telling it. I'm telling it. Others are telling it. And we're all telling it. And Lord God, in the name of Jesus, sooner or later we have seen these plans that they're going to come after to stop the prophets. But Lord God, according to your word, you are no respecter of person. What you did for Elisha, I ask you to do for all the prophets now. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to strike them blind. Come on, say it. Strike them blind that they do not recognize the prophets of things they have until the prophets want to reveal themselves. Come on. Come on, you know the precedent. You know what we've just read. We have come along a journey tonight. How many of you believe we've come along a journey all night long? Those watching by live stream, you've been here with us as well as everybody in this room. And we've took a journey tonight, and we've come right up to the end, to the moment, present moment of the enemy, and we saw his plan. But now, when he when they send out people to seize things, to hurt prophets, to silence their voice, they won't be able to see how to get their stuff. They'll be blind to being able to stop them. They'll be blind to being able to stop them. Come on, my brother and sister. Now, you know, our partners, and I don't know how many in this room are our partners, but I'm telling you, our partners are warriors. And I mean, they're warriors, man. And we, we, we don't mess around. And you know it. If you, you know that. And I'm telling you something. I believe we stopped the thing tonight. I do. Hallelujah. I believe we did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What is it? Something. It was. Say that again. I said the Lord spoke to me and said tonight was just like in 2015 in Chalice, Idaho. Out west where we were. Said it was the same tonight as we stopped that out there that night. Oh, come on. Cyrus, what do you think about that, son? Hallelujah. Now, now we want to just give the Lord a moment and what he wants to do right here. Hallelujah. Now I heard, I heard the name Wally. I think I'm saying that right, Wally. And then I heard the name Martin. And uh, if that's anyone in this room, I need to know real quickly the Lord is doing something. I heard Tammy. Then I heard a, a name. I think it's Morrow. 
Then I heard the name Buddy and the name Mullins. And so I need to know if that's anyone here out in the foyer before we start ministering to people. These are names that he had given me all night. He talked to me about these things and I wrote them down. You can see some of them were written in the dark. If you read it, I said, oh, they can't hear me out front. Can you give me just a little on this? I heard, I heard the name. I, I, I think it's Wally. It could be Wallace, but it, I hear Wally. And then I heard a name, Martin, Martin. And then I heard a name, Tammy, and then Morrow and Buddy. And then I heard Mullins. And so if that is, if, if that's anyone here, I need to see, you now. back here. If you want to come up here, dear sister, I, I see you right through that over the shoulders of people. If, if that's any of you, if any of these names, if it's your family or you know them, who, who knows them? Huh? Okay. Okay. Two online. Your grandfather's Wally. Yes. Yes. So Wally is recently deceased, your grandfather. But recently, I mean, started to come up. Did, do you remember him very well? You were close to him? Yes. Yes, that's right. Oh, if I could just, I can't get to you, but, but this is, this is what I, this is what I heard. If you stand right there, just right there and lift your hands up. This is what I heard concerning you. This is why I ask you, did you know him when you were close to him? Because this is the thing. Did you know your grandfather had a real great call on his life? You know that? Did he exhibit that in his life? The Lord said, now that's on you. He said, I'm going to put that on you now. That's going to be on your life now. Now, I want to ask you something. What is your name? Noel. How about that? You have children? Three children. Uh, do you, you, have, you have a daughter? Yes. Older? Is the daughter the oldest or the youngest? The oldest, yes. This is what I heard. The Lord is going to continue that on you in a mighty way, and then he's going to start placing it on your children, and they'll start living in the wake of that call. And they're going to fulfill because your grandfather's call was huge. And so it's going to take several to fulfill things like that to come. So what you thought of your grandfather and you loved your grandfather, the Lord said they're going to love you the same way because you have now begun your walk into such an anointing. Hallelujah. Come on and give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah. Who else did we have now? Wally Road. Really? Yeah. Okay, okay. Wait a minute now. Say, say it again. We have property on Wally Road, and we've got, like, how many acres left? Uh, we sold about uh, 20 acres out of 30, so we got okay. 10 more acres left. Yeah. And you're, you're trying to sell it? Yeah. We're, we've sold some. Okay. We still got more left. Okay. 
Is that selling fast now, the rest of it? Yeah. Oh, really? So you're a pastor's. Hallelujah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so now how long have you owned this property? I inherited from my father who passed away about 20 years ago. And so you're just now selling it? This is what I, I hear concerning you. If you'll just join hands with your... How long have you been married? Huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so you're, you're newlyweds. Do you know I've been married 42 years to her? Yeah. Yeah. This is what I heard concerning you. What is your first name? Bart. I heard this concerning you, Bart. The Lord said that you are an honorable son. He said that you are an honorable son. And you are full of integrity. No, you're an honorable son. You have integrity and you have walked in it. And the Lord says this, that I'm not only going to give you what you desire on this property, but I, the Lord's going to move this property in, in a sale to hands that will use it for God. He's going to use this for God. And, and you're going to be instrumental in that. And it'll be accounted to you for years to come. Years to come. Now, you're an honorable man. You're not a, you're not a fly-by-night man. You're an honorable man. And the Lord said, I don't know what this is about, but he says, you told the truth about something or you did something that was, that exhibited integrity and you, you didn't have to, but you did. Do you know what he's talking about? Do you do? And he said, raise your hand and tell the people that's, this is true. What I just said to you, just raise your hand and tell them, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. And the Lord says, that was for somebody in the room. And the Lord says this. He said, you told the truth. And you really didn't have to at that moment. But you did have to because your heart dictated it. The Lord said, hey, he's going to fix it where nobody can lie to you. That you're going, they have to tell you the truth when they stand in front of you. So that's going to mean a lot to you in the days ahead of you because you've got some business deals coming your direction and it's going to be deals, business deals. I don't know if you know yet what they are. You do. We've got a good idea uh, what's coming down, but uh, I can't really talk about it. Yet. Well, nobody's going to be able to lie to you. So you can stand there and rest in negotiations of everything. It's going to be good. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and dear sister. And now what is your name? Connie. This is what I heard concerning you, Connie. And the Lord says this to you. This was a very tender way. He said it too. He said, now don't worry no more. Don't worry about things in your life past and this and that because you loved with all you could love. And you did with everything you did, you could do. And you've done well. And the Lord loves you. And there's nothing he's disappointed in you about. 
So he said, take courage and you just walk happy now and you two be happy. Everything's going to be good. All right. All right. Do you have any grandchildren? Three. The Lord knows you have three and he loves them and things are going to work out that way too. Amen. You don't have a daughter, do you? No. Is your grandchildren, what are they, boys or girls? Yeah, I got you. Did you have any before? You got three now. Three grandchildren right now. So you have a son or a daughter? I'm talking, talking about the grandchildren. I'm talking about your son, your children. Son and two daughters. Yeah, but your children, right, a daughter. I thought you had the daughter, right? Yeah. Only one of them has children or both of them? Yes, that's right. Okay. It's going to be wonderful for them. It's going to be good for them. And you pray over them and you pray over their health. And the Lord said, I'll keep them well. You like cruises? That's something you like? Yeah. You done much of it? Okay. Well, you like them though. It's a good thing. It's a good thing you like them. Amen. Amen. Father, I pray over this couple. And I speak the blessing of the Lord over them in Wally Road. Lord God, I ask you to let your anointing rest on them in a mighty way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you, brother. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did we have anyone else? Okay. Yes, I said Morrow. And how long ago was this? Really? What is your name, son? Joe? I think I called a Joe. I said, Joey. I said, your name, they call you Joe. Do you remember that in the song? Well, that's you. That's for you. That was for you. I want you to go back and listen to that. I mean, that was pretty. That was you. And I want you to go back and listen to it. Because you're just beginning. No, I don't mean just because you're young. You're just beginning your adventures. You like adventures, huh? Hallelujah. You ever fly much or anything? Yeah. Hallelujah. Get ready for an adventure, man. <laughs> Is that good? And we speak over Tammy. We speak over the two Tammies online right now. 
I don't know why I sense an abuse in one area. I don't know if it's in both. I don't know what that is, but I've heard that twice now. Some kind of abuse thing. And I don't know if it's mental, physical. I'm not sure exactly. Well, no, now I think I do know. And But I speak peace over their life, restoration over their life. And Lord God, that, that the Tammies, Lord, will rise to their position. And I give you praise and honor. And that life begins afresh in Jesus' name. And there was a terrible loss maybe in one, for one. I don't know what that's about, but you might can let me know if they tell you. To minister prophetically through cyberspace and get a response is different. And then we, I had heard Buddy and I had heard Mullins. If that rings a bell with anybody, I don't, I don't stop. Yeah, Mullins does to you. That's right. Who's going to say something? Did I say Margot? Morrow. But you want to, you, you're looking for the blessing of the Lord, aren't you? You know what? There is not one thing wrong with that. If you're reaching out to the Lord by faith that way, because you came to this meeting wanting to hear from God something about you personally. You wanted to hear something from God. This is, this is true, isn't it? You needed something from God, and that's, you was expecting this. Who is Danny? Danny, Daniel, Danny, Dan. Who is this? Danny? Denny. This is Denny. Is there a is there a Danny? Daniel? I was looking at you and heard Danny. And I knew it had to be around you somewhere. You have three children? Two children? Three? Is your Four children. That's all right. Now, is I know you said your children, but are you concerned with one or all? Which one concerns you most? Yeah. Yeah, the oldest. I was going to ask you, who is the oldest? Lift your hands up and just bless the Lord a minute. Come on and bless the Lord. Let the Lord minister to you right here. Just let him minister to you and talk to you a few minutes. And what is your name? Margot, what is your daughter's name? And how old is she? Do you do you think maybe you you should have done more? Yeah. Yeah. But this is what I heard the Lord say. He said, I'm gonna give you a chance to do more. He's gonna start.
start fixing some things so you can do more and you're going to like doing more and because the Lord's not holding anything against you he just said he's going to let you do more because you want to that makes sense to you does that make sense to you